All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this Sabbath day, Father, that you give us that one day a week that we can just rest our bodies, our minds, and, and just the troubles of this world. Father, we I just pray that you just give us what we we need instead of what we want all the time. And also, Father, I just want to pray that we have a worldwide revival, uh, that everybody would just hearken unto your voice and hear your words and put them to their own heart and seek your heart so we can have an, so we can have a circumcised heart, Father. We thank you, Yeshua, for, for all that you've done for us. Thank you for sending that spirit to us. And every day we can just rejuvenate our, our souls and our minds and our hearts to gravitate towards you, Father. And we pray all these things through your son, Yeshua, our high priest and king. Amen. 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 Where are we starting at there, Dustin? Uh, give me a second. I'm still setting up. I brought my 50,000 Bibles into the room earlier. I believe it's Exodus 30. Yeah, verse 11. Exodus 30, verse 11. Through 34, 35, and this is the Kitisa fourth portion. Which most Torah portions start out with, or the name of the Torah portion is literally like the first few words. This is uh, the Lord spoke to Moses. When you take a census of the Israelites to register them, each of the men must pay a ransom for himself to the Lord as they are registered. Then no plague will come on them as they are registered. Everyone who is registered must pay half a shekel according to the sanctuary shekel, 20 geras to the shekel. This half shekel is a contribution to the Lord. Each man who is registered 20 years or old or 20 years old or more must give his contribution to the Lord. The wealthy may not give more and the poor may not give less than half a shekel when giving the contribution to the Lord to atone for your lives. Take the atonement money from the Israelites and use it for service of the tent of meeting. It will serve as a reminder for the Israelites, before the Lord, to atone for your lives. The Lord spoke to Moses, make a bronze basin for, wa for, washing, for washing, and a bronze stand for it. <laughs> Set it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it. Aaron and his sons must wash their hands and feet from the basin, Whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister by burning up an offering to the Lord, they must wash with water so that they will not die. <clears throat> they must wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. This is to be a permanent statute for them, for Aaron and his descendants throughout their generations. The Lord spoke to Moses, take for yourselves the finest spices, 12 and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, half as much 
or six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cane, 12 and a half pounds of casio by the sanctuary shekel, and one half gallon or and one gallon of olive oil. Prepare from these a holy anointing oil, a scented linen, the work of a perfumer. It will be holy anointing oil. With it, you are to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the table with all its utensils, the lampstand with the utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the basin with its stand. Consecrate them, and they will be especially holy. Whatever touches them will be consecrated. Anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them to serve me as priests. Tell the Israelites, this will be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. It must not be used for ordinary anointing on a person's body, and you must not make anything like it using its formula. It is used, or it is only, or it is holy, and it must be holy to you. Good Lord. Anyone who blends something like it or puts some of it on an unauthorized person must be cut off from this people. The Lord said to Moses, take fragrant spices, stack day, I'm not sure what any of these things are, uh, anica and galbanum, the spices and pure frankincense are to be in equal measures. Prepare expertly blended incense from these. It is to be seasoned with salt, pure and holy. Grind some of it into a fine powder and put some of it, put some in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It must be especially holy to you. As for the incense you are making, you must not make any for yourselves using its formula. It is to be regarded by you as sacred to the Lord. Anyone who makes something like it, who smell its fragrance must be cut off from his people. How do you make pure and holy salt? I don't, I don't think, I don't think <laughs> saying the salt is supposed to be pure and holy, I think. It seems like it's like, it's not like almost like it's like the, it is to be seasoned with salt, pure and holy. Yeah, it is to be seasoned with <laughs> Maybe salt. Maybe all the stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, how do you make salt holy, bro? <laughs> yeah, like, what process did you go through? Oh gosh. They definitely don't want you making that compound though. Whatever no. it is. I no. checked in AS ninety ninety-five and it says with it you shall make an incense of perfume, the work of perfumer, uh salted, pure, and so that's supposed to be pretty literal. Salted, pure, and holy. Yep. That helps. It does. Oh, oh, here's yeah, here's some interesting information. Uh, myrrh came from the sap of a tree found in Arabia and Ethiopia. Cinnamon came from the bark of a tree grown in Ceylon and Malaysia. Cassia may have been some type of tree bark. Stacte is a transliterated Greek term used for different vari varieties of tree and plant sap. Onica, based on an Arabic word, may have been some type of mollusk. Galbanum, 
came from the sap of a plant grown in Afghanistan and Persia, and then frankincense. Everybody knows what frankincense is. Hmm. In case anybody wondered, don't make this stuff. He said, don't. I remember reading this Torah portion with Isaac. As soon as we started talking about the oil, it, it clicked in my head. I remember reading it last year. Any questions? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so why not make why not make the oil? Why why can't we do that? Um, because it said it must not be used for ordinary anointing on a person's body, and you must not make anything like it using its formula. It is holy, and it must be holy to you. Anyone who blends something like it or puts some of it on an unauthorized person must be cut off from his people. Yeah, I'm going to start like, making it levitate or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think well the the whole point of it was to to anoint the priests and to anoint the tabernacle. So got it. Tabernacle and priests were levitating. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> For anybody listening on Facebook or otherwise, it's just kidding. <laughs> yes, wink wink. <clears throat> it's it's yeah, very simple, Joey. He said don't do it, so we don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you can have them individually. All right, you can continue there, Dustin. I guess. <clears throat> All right, chapter 31. The Lord also spoke to Moses, look, I have appointed by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with God's spirit with wisdom, understanding, and ability in every craft to design artistic works in gold, silver, and bronze to cut gemstones for mounting and to carve wood for work in every craft. I have also selected <laughs> Aholiab, Aholiab, son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan to be with him. I have placed wisdom within every skilled craftsman in order to make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat that is on top of it, and all the other furnishings of the, the table with its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, the basin with its stand, the specially woven garments, both the holy garments for Aaron the priests and the garments for his sons to serve as priests, the anointing oil, 
and the fragrant incense for the sanctuary. They must make them according to all that I have commanded you. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you will know that I am Yahweh who set you apart. Observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Whoever profanes it must be put to death. If anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day, there must be a Sabbath of complete rest dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who does work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When he finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. Inscribed by the finger of Yah. <clears throat> so two things. Um, number one, uh, the Sabbath is not just a day of rest and it's not just, no, we, we, we try to make it. No, he said that this is a sign between him and Israel. It is a perpetual covenant. That is why we observe the Sabbath. It is a sign between us and the most high. It is a sign that we are set apart. It is a sign that he has called us out. It is a sign that we are, um, Children of the Most High, that's a sign that we are in covenant with him. That's why we observe the Sabbath. And because it's awesome to have one day to not have to work. <laughs> and does say perpetual. And it says perpetual. Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. Well, I made it about 10 minutes after sundown last night. So I didn't stay out there the whole time in the deer stand. I see. Yeah, you messaged me. Yeah. That's how I told you, man. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully before sundown. <laughs> ah. As long as, man, as long as you didn't kill nothing, you're fine. That's the whole thing. There's no. Got, it I mean, doesn't sometimes it doesn't I'll say it doesn't directly say it in the 66 canon but you can you can imply that that would cons uh, be considered gathering uh, however jubilees chapter 50 does specifically say no hunting and fishing on the sabbath day and we do our best i mean sometimes we fail i mean like i i have walked out of the grocery store and it's like nighttime at that point i felt bad you know and i just had to repent from it you know i was just it's happened to me and i've had to learn to get better at preparing for myself like i try yeah. to i try to get ready on thursdays now because you yeah. know in the, fr in the summertime it really doesn't matter because it's like it doesn't get dark it's like nine o'clock you know so i'm like yeah i'm good you know i get off work or something so now i just try to prepare on thursdays because sometimes i know i'm not gonna be able to make it in time and Hannah's usually prepping. She does her prep a lot of times on Thursdays now, too. So it's not because she bakes a lot on Friday. So she tries to, you know, make it a little easier on her. 
So, you know, we're trying to make it a more gradual, easy time coming to the Sabbath rather than rushing around and like a chicken or a head cut off. Right. So, but I've messed up on the Sabbath and, you know, I definitely have. It also says, um, you know, it says the Sabbath day to observe the Sabbath throughout the generation. It says, um, the verse before it says, whosoever doeth and work in work in the Sabbath day, he shall be put to death. If you go back up to, let's see, 13, it says, verily my Sabbaths you shall keep. So this is including the feast days too. Right. I was uh, watching a guy today, and I agree with him. Like, it's hard to figure out prophecy if you don't include the feast days, because everything's centered around them. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, a correlation that that I I never noticed because I didn't know anything about feast days anyway, but. Right. I don't think anybody even thinks about it. well I know nobody around here thinks about things like that no they're the appointed times you know it says that oh what is that in uh, the word seasons where it says he placed the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky. It says, I think, let me, hold on, let me not, I don't want to misquote it. In Genesis 1, 1 14, it said, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And that word seasons is feasts. Those are the feast days. Because that exact same word is used in Leviticus when he says, these are the feasts of the Lord. Okay, you're going, what word is that? Um, Genesis 1.14, the word seasons. Yeah. Moed, which means feasts. It's not like spring, summer, winter, fall. It's talking about the feasts. Pull it up, Micah. You know all your knowledge. Okay, so in the in this one it says festivals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want I was driving me nuts at I ordered a HCSB off eBay, but it didn't come in. So I went over to the church while I was going, stole this one out of the Sunday school room so I could have the same Bible y'all were reading from. <laughs> so if if um if that's in Genesis one fourteen, and this is at the beginning of creation, um the feasts have always been there. Mm-hmm. They're there, they're always gonna be there. They're going to be there in the millennial kingdom. They're going to be there in the kingdom. They don't ever go away. It's perpetual. 
It says the word is, yeah, Moed, which is Moedim. Yeah. It's the same word in Leviticus 23. Rafis. Interesting. I thought, they, I thought they were all done away with. <laughs> yeah, my brother-in-law texted me last night. He was like, hey, uh, are, we, are we still going to do Passover? Oh, yeah. It was, it was just my sister's or my my wife's brother and our family did pass over. Boy, you talking about weird? We were uh, the only ones in Joliet, and we live on Main Street, so we were doing Passover. Everybody's like, "What do y'all got going on?" Yeah. That was that was a little awkward at first, but after, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, man. There's ways to show people that the Feast of Easter is incorrect. You know, by using some of the church history. That's what the some of the Council of uh, Nicaea was. Whether, whether or not to keep the Passover or celebrate it, the Feast of Easter with one accord. Uh, I believe they'd already made that decision by the Council of Nicaea. They were they were deciding on the date of Easter. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yep. And they unanimously came up with the uh, the first was the first Sunday at the spring at the spring equinox or something. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I can't remember uh, offhand, but I know it. They were that was I read that up. Couple of days ago, I think they were they were definitely definitely had already decided that it was going to be Easter. They were just want, you know setting a date for it. Yeah, Eusebius of Caesarea, he's the one that said that they would follow the customs of the detestable Jews because they frequently celebrated two Passovers in in one year. But if you read Numbers nine eleven, it tells you that if you are defiled by a funeral or, you know, have a journey far off, keep the yep. pass up the third month or the second month on the 14th day. Sure. Oh. Uh, I guess Eusebius didn't read that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who, uh, was, I believe it was one of the, I don't remember who it was, honestly, but the, the wording they used was, we shall not do the eyes. Yeah. Like, that just sounds hateful. Especially considering. I mean, you know what I mean? It just sounds hateful, just in yeah. general. Some of the some of the church father letters, they're like Martin Luther, some of the stuff he said. I mean, yeah, there was some anti-Semitism going on there. For sure. You know, and you know, you, I, I've been looking into this, like uh, Polycarp, who was John's, uh, he was a disciple of John, 
and then Polycrates, who was another bishop around Polycarp's time. Polycarp was the, the bishop of Smyrna. And we know for a fact that he was keeping Passover. I mean, he was learning from John. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't, I don't, I don't know where I read it, but I read some. I read that somewhere either today or yesterday. Yep. Um, it was researching the Sabbath. Yep, they were keeping the Sabbath, and uh, I don't know about it. I still go back and something's fishy about Ignatius. You know, but I was trying to explain to my wife where, what the universal church was before it split into Western Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox. Right. You know, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that that was when Paul says, upon my departure, ravenous wolves will come in and not spare the flock. Snap, I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, that's just a that's just a guess, but it says they went out from us, but they were not of us. Yeah. You know. It was John, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, then I mean then they came up with the all these things you had to believe in if you didn't. And that church went ahead and killed some 70 million people in the next 1200 years yeah oh what 1200 900 years y'all want to read about the golden calf let's do it yeah. sorry man sorry <laughs> all good <laughs> hey I had a quick question about that Passover thing real quick Go ahead. If they do the second Passover, that's the middle of um, the time between uh, after unleavened bread and Shavuot. Does that mean they're just they're just plugging that in and Shavuot's still the same, right? Because it's a it's it's the whole nation is following this procedure. It's just that these guys had to skip this, and now they're doing that, but it's still in the middle of that time, so they'd still do the Shavuot at that appointed time they that that doesn't get pushed back the 50 days no i believe i don't think so because you still would have right. to count the first but let's say you had to go to a funeral and you couldn't he's just saying look don't don't you're going to make it up the you're going to have your day on the second month on the 14th day you know but i think they still count it up or you know just have a little because that's thing. It doesn't say to have two Shavuot's. It just allows them also, to have a second Passover. That's also, that's also where it's important to understand that the Passover is not a day. It's actually the slaughtering of the lamb. Right. Yeah, it's a starting gun for unleavened bread. Yep, gotcha. Oh, also something to think about is, you know, when we read in um, the Septuagint talking about that that's when he's supposed to come back is at the feast of Passover. Mm -hmm. He off on a long journey. Isn't the master of the house going away on a journey? Maybe he's coming back at the second Passover. 
I thought they were, I thought he was coming back with trumpets and all that. And then the Yom, uh, Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Is that wrong? I think, I think well, according to Septuagint, it says that um, he's going to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth and bring him to the feast of Passover. At that time of year. Well, I believe, I believe that I just, uh, I was just thinking of Daniel's 70th week and when Yeshua came, didn't he fulfill the spring feasts, but he, but he did not fulfill the fall feasts. So he's got to fulfill those as well. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's, it's just funny that they took that, those, those verses out of the, out of the uh, Masoretic, they left those verses out of the Masoretic text where it, it straight up says he's going to come back to feast of Passover. And that would make sense because the Passover is when he brought his, his children out of Egypt and took them, you know, out of bondage. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, and then I think I, I just, I mean, I, still studying all this out but and then you know he'll pass over his wrath will pass over us the saints that'll be gathered up from the four corners of the earth remember where it says lord lord let us or the five wise versions and the five foolish five foolish didn't have no oil for the lamb so the five wise when the bridegroom came they were ready to go into the marriage supper of the lamb is the Passover the well? Okay, could be. I was thinking that that was a sukkah, but I might be wrong on that. So, where where in the Septuagint does it say he comes back in the Passover? I'd like to read that. It's Jeremiah thirty or yeah thirty one, but it's not thirty one. It's thirty eight. Okay, it's so between Jeremiah thirty one and thirty eight. No, it's it's Jeremiah thirty one, but in the Septuagint, Jeremiah thirty one is not Jeremiah thirty one; it's Jeremiah thirty eight. Okay. Where's your phone? I'll call my brother. He hasn't called yet. Welcome, Trish. Where the heck is that? Shlomo. All right, we're gonna continue. <laughs> Sorry. Exodus 32. All right. <clears throat> when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Then Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their, on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into the image of a calf. And then they said, Israel, this is your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Then he made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. 
The people sat down to eat and drink, then got up to play. (laughs) The Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once, for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses interceded with the Lord, his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, inscribed front and back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the sound of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. But Moses replied, it's not the sound of a victory cry. It's not the sound of a cry of defeat. I hear the sound of singing. As he approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses became enraged and threw the tablets out of his hands, smashing them at the base of the mountain. Then he took the calf they had made, burned it up, and ground it to powder. He scattered the powder over the surface of the water and forced the Israelites to drink the water. Then Moses asked Aaron, what do these people do to you that you have led them into such a grave sin? Don't be enraged, my Lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know that these are that the people are intent on evil. They said to me, make us a God who will go before us because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I said to them, whoever has gold, take it off. And they gave it to me. When I threw it into the fire, out came this calf. Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had led them or let them get out of control, resulting in weakness before their enemies. And Moses stood at the camp's entrance and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites gathered around him. He told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Every man fasten his sword to his side. Go back and forth through the camp from entrance to entrance, and in each one of you kill his brother, his friend, and his neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and about 3,000 men fell dead that day among the people. Afterward, Moses said, Today you have been dedicated to the Lord, since each man went against his son and his brother. Therefore, you have brought a blessing on yourselves today. The following day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a grave sin. Now now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sin." So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now, if you would only forgive their sin, but if not, please erase me from the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, 
I will erase whoever has sinned against me from my book. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. See, my angel will go before you, but on that day, or on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. Anybody? I don't think I realized the many times I've read this um, that Aaron lied. <laughs> what? He said, Aaron lied. <laughs> yeah, he did. He said, it, it said, uh, jumped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I caught that. He just jumped out of fire, man. <laughs> it's just look, I put gold in there, and there was just all of a sudden this calf. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is gonna sound weird, but I actually when it when I heard it a while ago, I wondered whether there was a possibility of a different spirit at work. If 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 he in fact wasn't lying and it, and it did just form itself, I. Maybe not. Maybe I'm reaching. I don't know. I think you are. What well, says in verse four? It said he took the gold from their hands, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into the image of a calf. But when Moses questioned him, he said, "When I threw it into the fire, out came this calf." <laughs> he's trying to blame the people. That's what he's doing. He's trying to remove himself from the guilt. Minimize punishment, and that's not the first time that uh, Aaron has to be reprimanded either. Yeah, his own kids brought strange fire. Yeah, well, not only that, him and Miriam conspired against Moses. Yeah, it kind of makes me think about like um, the fact that the Pharisees and stuff had looked down on the people and thought that it was the people's fault. That's why they put all the fence laws around because it was the common people. It wasn't them that were breaking the laws. It was the common people. There was, I, I, I think, uh, 
the day that I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. That's that jumped out at me. I'm gonna keep that in my head. Anybody got anything else? All right, we're going to go to verse uh, chapter 33. <clears throat> it says, The Lord spoke to Moses. Go, leave here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned and didn't put on their jewelry. For the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites you are a stiff-necked people. If I went with you for a single moment, I would destroy you. Now take off your jewelry and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry from Mount Horeb onward. Now Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to, wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would stand up, each one at the door of his tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. Then Moses entered the tent, or when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance to the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. As all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the tent, entrance of the tent they would stand up then bow and worship each one at the door of his tent the lord spoke with moses face to face just as a man speaks with his friend Then moses would return to the uh, camp but his assistant the young man joshua son of nun would not leave the inside of the tent moses said to the lord look you have told me lead this people up but you have not let me know whom you will send with me you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have indeed found favor in your sight, please teach me your ways, and I will know you and find favor in your sight. Now, consider this, that this nation is your people. Then he replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. 
The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Please let me see your glory. He said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will, I will proclaim the name Yahweh before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he answered, You cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. The Lord said, Here is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. I found it interesting. They're, they already called him Joshua, son of Nun, but when we fast forward, um, his name actually gets changed to Joshua, son of Nun, because it was... Uh, Hosea or Hoshea. But that was interesting. Anybody got something? I'm good. <laughs> I was I was trying to share something. So trying to share something on the screen? No, I was just sharing it in chat. It was about you. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. That's just, fine. <laughs> we were just talking about you, you know. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. That's all. Mm. That's all good, man. I get it. I love you, Dustin. <laughs> I love you too. Let's see what else. Um. What is it? He says, please teach me your ways and I will know you. What? No. How could that be? And it's almost like just 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 theorizing here, but it's almost like Jesus said the same thing. If you had have known Moses. Or you had have known his words, you would know me. Interesting. Hmm. Anyhow. All right, we'll go ahead and read the last chapter of the Torah part, portion of this Torah portion. <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, cut two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. <laughs> Be prepared by morning. Come up Mount Sinai in the morning and stand before me on the mountaintop. 
No one may go up with you. In fact, no one must be seen anywhere on the mountain. Even the flocks and herds are not to graze in front of that mountain. Moses cut two stone tablets like the first ones. He got up early in the morning and taking the two stone tablets in his hand, he climbed Mount Sinai just as the Lord had commanded him. The Lord came down in a cloud, stood with him there and proclaimed his name, Yahweh. Then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, Yahweh. Yahweh is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in faithful love and truth maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoings on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Moses immediately bowed down to the ground and worshiped. Then he said, My Lord, if I have indeed found favor in your sight, my Lord, please go with us. Even though this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wrongdoing, and sin and accept us as your possession your own possession and the lord responded look i am making a covenant i will perform wonders in the presence of all your people that have never been done in all the earth or in any nation all the people you live among will see the lord's work for what i am doing with you is all inspiring observe what i command you today i am going to drive out before you the amorites canaanites hittites parasites Hivites and the Jebusites, all of the ites, <laughs> be careful not to make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land that you are going to enter, otherwise they will become a snare among you. Instead, you must tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, and chop down their Asherah poles. That's interesting. You are never to bow down to another god because Yahweh, being jealous by nature, is a jealous god. Do not make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land, or else when they prostitute themselves with their gods and sacrifice to their gods, they will invite you, and you will eat their sacrifices. Then you will take some of their daughters as brides for your sons. Their daughters will prostitute themselves with their gods and cause your sons to prostitute themselves with their gods. Do not make cast images of gods for yourselves. Observe the festival of unleavened bread. You are to eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, as I commanded you, for you came out of Egypt in the, in the month of Abib. The firstborn male from every womb belongs to me, including all your male livestock, the firstborn of cattle or sheep. You must redeem the firstborn of a donkey with a sheep, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. You must redeem all the firstborn of your sons. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. You are to labor six days, but, but you must rest on the seventh day. You must even rest during plowing and harvesting times. Observe the festival of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering at the turn of the agricultural year. Three times a year, all your males are to appear before the Lord your God, the God of Israel. For I will drive out nations before you and enlarge your territory. No one will covet your land when you go up three times a year to appear before the Lord your God. Do not present the blood for, for my sacrifice with anything leavened. The sacrifice of the Passover festival must not remain until morning. Bring the best first fruits of your land to the house of the Lord of your, your God. You must not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Doesn't mean you can't eat cheeseburgers. The Lord also said to Moses, write down these words, for I have made a covenant with you and with Israel based on these words. 
Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat bread or drink water. He wrote the Ten Commandments, the words of the covenant, on the tablets. As Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the two tab tablets of the testimony in his hands, as he descended the mountain, he did not realize that the skin of his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face shone. They were afraid to come near him, but Moses called out to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he commanded them to do everything the Lord had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he could or he would remove the veil until he came out. After he came out, he would tell the Israelites what he had commanded, and the Israelites would see that Moses' face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went to speak with the Lord. So are they are they doing the feast in heaven? Uh, most likely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Yeah. So the angels would have to appear three times a year before the Lord. I would figure they would appear three times a year before the Lord. I was just going to bring this one up in Job. Job two says again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence thou camest? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, when you said cut down the Asherah poles a while ago, you said interesting. What did you have? Uh, what did you say that for? Because it says, it says smash their sacred pillars and chop down their Asherah poles. Right. It, just, it, it made me think of uh, <laughs> Jeremiah 10. Isn't it their obelisks? I think that I think that would be the pillars. Smash their yeah. pillars, their sacred pillars. Yeah. And then the uh yeah, chop down their their Asherah. And then it's, I think it's go ahead. It says uh an astral pole is a sacred tree. Or a pole that is that stood near Canaanite religious locations to honor their um, mother goddess Asherah. It's I mean it's those pillars are everywhere. Like they're from Egypt. They I mean we got one sitting in D.C., one in London, one in Rome, one in New York. We got they're right here in, in my hometown, Roxborough, right outside the the uh, city cemetery. 
two great big ones. Yeah. And they're in the Freemasonry. Yep. Also made me think of Isaiah 14 and it says <clears throat> I'll start in verse 7 it says all the earth is calm and at rest people shout with a ringing cry even the cypresses and the cedars of Lebanon rejoice over you since you have been laid low no woodcutter has come against us Mm. everybody should be familiar with Jeremiah 10 that's right and then this is no. actually not a part of the Torah portion I want to read this too go ahead Jimmy there's just nothing new under the sun Nothing new. Absolutely yeah. nothing. They're doing 5,000 years ago. They're still doing today. Same exact stuff. They just call it something different. But they are bringing it out in the open now. Yeah. They're just, they're trying to get people to accept this stuff. So. Yep. Here we go. I'll start. It's Second Corinthians 3. I'll start verse 12. It says, therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness. We are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites could not stare at the end of what was fading away, but their minds were closed. For to this day, at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Even to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to Ezekiel 36 now, uh, 16 through 38. And it says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, while the house of Israel lived in their land, they defiled it with their conduct and actions. Their behavior before me was like menstrual impurity. All right. <laughs> So I poured out my wrath on them because of the blood they had shed on the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered among the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and actions. When they came to the nations where they went, they profaned my holy name because it was said about them. These are the people of Yahweh. Yet they had to leave his land in exile. Then I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they went. That's important. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act, house of Israel, but for my holy name. I told you it's important. Which you profaned among the nations where you went. 
I will honor the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. The nations will know that I am Yahweh, the declaration of the Lord God. When I demonstrate my holiness through you in their sight, for I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. Then you will live in the land that I gave your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will summon the grain and make it plentiful. I will not bring famine on you. I will also make the fruit of the trees and the produce of the field plentiful so that you will no longer experience reproach among the nations on account of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and detestable practices. It is not for your sake that I will act, the declaration of the Lord God. Let this be known to you. Be ashamed and humiliated because of your ways, house of Israel. This is what the Lord God said or says. On the day I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of everyone who passes by. Then they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were once ruined, desolate, and destroyed are now fortified and inhabited. And I'm, yeah, I'm just going to finish this out. Then the nations that remain around you will know that I, Yahweh, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, Yahweh, have spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord God says. I will respond to the house of Israel and do this for them. I will multiply them in number like a flock. So the ruined cities will be filled with a flock of people, just as the flock of sheep for sacrifice is filled in Jerusalem during its appointed festivals. Then they will know that I am Yahweh. Now we jump back to that. It's not. It's like I was having a conversation with a gentleman. I think it was yesterday. Um, and we're talking about it and. You know, it was like people all the time want to, you know, ask how come God can reject somebody or, or punish somebody or whatever. Uh, but that's not the question. The question should be, how can he forgive somebody? Once you understand what sin is, once you have that understanding of what it means to sin against God, you should know that you are in grave error. And so the question becomes, how can he save someone? And he tells you right here that he's not doing any of this for our sake. It's not for our sake. We've already screwed up all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. It is for his sake that he's doing this. We should be trying to clear his name. Yes. 
Exactly. Because when we go out there and say things that don't line up with his word, you're basically calling him a liar. That's what it all goes back to the Ten Commandments. Don't bring the, the Lord's name to, to nothingness. Don't bring it to not. It's not don't use the Lord's name in vain. You know, people say don't say GD. I don't say GD. <laughs> that's why I say GD. But that's not what that means. What it means, uh, and, and Brother Bear, is the, he's the best person that I've uh, heard explain it, was don't put God's seal of approval on your bullcrap. Don't like, bring his name to nothingness. Like for <laughs> easy one, I'm just going to throw this one out there, like eating pork. When you say that you can do that, you just made God out to be a liar because he, he says, don't eat that. So you have to do backward cartwheels, somersaults, to try to come up with a text that allows you to, you know, that goes against exactly what he told you not to do. Yeah. Or going back to the Sabbath, same thing with that, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I know that in the in the old text it said that you know you have to you have to rest on that day, but. But, you know, Jesus said that he's the Lord of the Sabbath and, and, and we find rest in him. So we don't have to rest on the Sabbath. So can we take Jesus's name, and just replace it with Sabbath? So in <laughs> Isaiah 2, uh, 66, 23, when it says, and from new moon to new moon and from Jesus to Jesus, walk up, flat, <laughs> come up more to the game. Because that has a specific definition for it. The Sabbath. Yeah, it's the seventh day of a week. It's the seventh day. The first day is Sunday. And back then they, they went first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, Shabbat. And that's how they yeah. counted. And they knew the sixth day was their prep day. Because if everybody in the world was not forced to work, and I'll, I'll say this, like somebody brought this to my attention. Like I had to work on a Shabbat a while back. And man, it, it upset me greatly. And then they're like, well, you're forced to. You know, I'm saying they, you know, I didn't have to. I was being forced to, you know, you're, you're going to come in here. So does that, am I going to be put to death for that one? Or... You know, it bothered me. But in my heart, I didn't want to, but I can't lose my job. You know? That's this Babylon system, man. Huh? I think the father knows our intentions at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to lose this job. I'm, I'm able to help people with this job. You know, I'm able to do good. It goes so much deeper than that. People don't even realize like the whole system is set up like Kronos, the timekeeping system for the time clocks. Mm -hmm. What is Kronos? If you don't know what it is, anybody, they want to research it. 
do that. Who is Kronos? Is he a false deity? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, the whole thing is set up, you know, and, you know, again, that's where Jesus, you know, steps in and gives us that, that freedom from, you know, that sentence. We have life in him, like Michael was saying, the living waters. Oh, wow. This guy's pretty wicked. Yeah. <laughs> He's over Googling it. <laughs> they, uh, basically, the whole thing is... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad, brother. All right, no, no, no. I, was, I heard somebody say Brother Bear. Well, who, who are you talking about? Bear from Bear Independent. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I figured that's who you was talking about. Okay. I've been, that's good guy. I've been watching that man for years. I've been watching him since he was still in Texas. Oh wow! <laughs> Dude, the whole thing like, is at the end of the day. We, oh, sorry. Dude was the leader of the Titans. Remember the Titans? Well, yep. He's, um, he's got the big sickle. I mean, in the, this is what do they call him? Uh, he's the Reaper. He's the Grim yeah. Reaper. Yeah. Okay. And that that's that that's the Lord of the Work World's timekeeping system. Yeah, because Chronos is something we have to use for uh work a lot of times for like your portals, <laughs> your portal, your work portal. Uh -huh. Anyways, we're not gonna go down, we're not gonna go down the whole <laughs> rabbit trail. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, it's got pictures of him oh, like clock or him holding an hourglass. You know, wow, interesting. Never looked that one up. But the before. thing at the end of the day is we live in a fallen world right now. We live in a world of deception. We live in a world of evil. We live in a world of everything is set up for us to fail. And our job is to diligently seek the Father and know that there's gonna be times where we fail and not even realize we're failing. And that's why even with I the people that are diligently seeking that are in church or in Judaism or whatever you are, wherever you are, the ones that are diligently seeking, the father can see inside that person's heart, right? The problem lies is when the person is so stiff-necked, they're not willing to look at anything. You say something, they're like, ah, oh, no, that's not what that means, and I'm, I'm just going to go about my business. That's the problem right there is the stiff-neckedness. But let's say that we're sitting in this group right now, and let's say that I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, Joey brings something up to me. And he says something completely different than what I believe. And I'm like, no, Joey, I don't care what you say. I'm never going to look at what you just said. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even going to visit it. I should always be willing to hear Joey out and Joey should be presenting his scripture to show me. Right. But That's the problem right. is when people, <laughs> the problem is though, if you're not presenting the scripture and you're not presenting a case to what you believe, are you really seeking Right. You need to, if you're seeking I, and I'm not talking about day one people coming, you know, coming in. I'm talking about people that have now been in the faith a little bit and now they're searching. They might still be eating unclean. They might still not be keeping the Sabbath correctly. Yet. They might be doing things like that still. But eventually, if they're truly seeking, they will find it. Right. And they have to be open minded to listening to other individuals talk. And that's fruits of the spirit is when you're willing to listen and talk to people about the things. But 
it has to line up with scripture, right? So first thing you're talking about it, and I go up to that person, I'm like, look, let me show you the reasons why you should not eat pork. And they're like, okay, let's run through it. I run through it. They look at me and they're like, well, I, you know, I see it differently, but I'll, 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 I'll check it out. And then you could do the vice versa thing. You could say to them, yeah, I will listen. And they give you their case. You say, okay, I'll check it out, but I, I disagree. But go research what I gave you and I research what you gave me. Even if you know that person is saying, like, you know, 100%, you've already researched it out, could still be respectful and say, I'll go check it out. You know, it might be more, make them more inclined to listen to you and check it out, you know? So I think a lot of it's how we present things and how we come at people. Because when we come at a combative state all the time, then, and, and don't get me wrong, there's times where you have to stick up for truth. There's times that there's people that are nasty like that. You have to kind of like stand your ground on. But the person that's diligently seeking and they're just trying to figure it out, always should be respectful of that person and give them, you know, time or day and take your time with them and be easy with them because they're just looking they're trying to figure it out and ultimately always tell that person read the whole bible and let the spirit lead you because when you tell someone that and you tell them to call out for truth and really ask the father for it they'll find it i agree i think a lot of people are are gonna find it for sure i think a lot of people that I mean, they're, they got to come to these same conclusions, you know, that the father's behavior is his commandments, that those are his ways. We know that because Jesus, he was righteous, you know, there, I'll give you an example. The women that my wife goes with once a month on Wednesdays, that homestead, she's learned things from them. These women have a strong faith in God right? They're right there. They You almost think that they are keeping the majority of the laws already, right? And they're strong women. And I was talking to Hannah the other day about, um, I don't think we should be, you know, we're putting stuff in the ground. I don't think we should be watering our stuff. We should let the Father, if we plant the seed and the Father brings the increase, let him water our plants. And she said, yeah, a lot of those women already, already do that. And they get full yields. Because the Father you know, they're not keeping all the commandments yet, but they're seeking and they're trying to find it. And when Hannah looked at them and says, I don't do Christmas and things like that. And I don't eat pork and I don't, they didn't look at her and outcast her. They, they brought her with open arms. So those kind of people. Okay. We can robot man. To witness to. Oh my gosh. How about now? <laughs> no. I can hear it just fine. Yeah, I hear him just fine. Okay, so I can hear him. Okay. It's Dustin. I can hear him just fine. It's Dustin. Yeah, heard Okay, so it's Dustin then. All right. So we we witness those people by being a light, you know, being around them. And those people are actually seeking, they're searching. And they're yeah, at, we don't do Christmas. Go out there. I know. No new Christmas. Go to baby. And the whole point is that they didn't cast out, they weren't disrespectful. But the ones that are disrespectful and they just want to get in your face, they don't have the fruits of the spirit. But these women that she's fellowshiping with, they have fruits of the spirit and they're, they're trying to figure it out. You know, and that's just like us. We're trying to figure it out. Nobody in this group has all of it figured out. No one in this group has all the commandments figured out. 
That one has the full commandment keeping down. I promise you. I promise you every person here is lacking something. That's what's wrong with the the Torah observant community is they came in this knowledge of this stuff and they're like, oh, I'm holy now. And then they start going out telling everybody else like you, you doing what, you know, you're not doing this or that or, you know, but in reality, just like you said, everybody in here. No, we're still figuring it out. You know, people, people sin on a daily basis without even knowing it. And we got to be careful with who we throw judgment at. And, um, you know, I, I was talking about my buddy in the Catholic church, you know, it's great people there. I don't agree with their catechism. I don't agree them that they pray to Mary, you know, so there's some, some theology that I don't agree with, but I'm never, I'm never going to go in that bust up in the church and go, Oh, y'all are going to just, y'all going to burn, you know, <laughs> you know? I got I mean, Christian preacher friends that are doing more work than any tourists are probably doing. Yeah. He's bringing people out of, um, he's helping people get clean off of drugs. That's all. He's working hard on them, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, they're trying, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. People are trying. They might not be where we are, but they're trying. They're trying to figure it out. It's interesting so what you say about the Catholics, though, because, I mean, like, when I was growing up, I don't know, it may have changed now because the world's changed, but I wasn't even allowed to date a Catholic. Because my mom, being hardcore Protestant, she's raised Baptist, um, was like, they will convert you because, like, to get married in their church, you they have still to. Try to. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't have the same um, outlook on us. No. Well, the question I would have for the Catholics is, who gave you the right to? take out the second commandment and split the 10th one. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do that, you're profaning God, just like we talked about. And they changed the fourth commandment. Well, that's now the third. That's because they kicked the second one out and they, they made two out of the 10th one. Yeah. That's the commandments. They took the thou shalt not have images. They took it right out. The religions are the problem. The religions are what are deceiving people and leading people in the wrong way. Yes. There's, there is people that are inside those places that are diligently seeking yes. and they're trying to find God, but the leaders are the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even like this revival going on right now, I don't know who the leaders are. I don't know if they're good people or not, but I do know one thing. I see people that are hungry in there though, that are hungry. Let me comment so it, on that. I know, I know for, um, well, from what I followed on it, they're keeping out the big names, you know, like the Olsteins and um, what's his name? He's been more recently. Anyways, some of the big names have shown up at these venues, at the colleges, and the administration and the staff members are not letting them come in to take over the platform they have to sit there like anybody else and from what i'm understanding is 
the, the administrations are being hardcore about that, not letting anyone come in and take over. Good. That's good. So that's what I'm saying, but we don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything's going on. I was just, uh, for example, the, my point is that there's, there's people hungry everywhere. And our job in this group is to be diligent study, studying and learning the Bible so we can feed the people when they're getting pushed around by religion and they're like, okay, this is crap. Now, what am I really seeking? And we're those people that catch them and show them really through the Bible what it's all about. That's what we should be doing. I'm, I'm going to interject now because I have no clue how we always end up going like so far off a of topic during Bible studies. We're going to have to end up doing just like regular church. We're going to get together on like Wednesdays <laughs> or Thursdays or Fridays. <laughs> One of these days can't be Wednesday because y'all have Bible studies. So we'll do like Thursday and everybody can just kind of you know, get everything out of their system a day or two before Bible study so that we can actually focus, right? Um, or we could just start it way earlier so that there's like a three-hour period so that we can, you know, get it out of our system and then sit down and study. But I will comment on the whole revival thing because I've been going hardcore on Facebook about it because I see all these people. Be nice words. Nice words. I don't, I don't know why Bo was calling, but everybody's being just dumb. Nice words. Yes. It's nice words. Nice word. accident. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> all these people just going hardcore like, oh, this, this is a kundalini spirit. And God's not in this nowhere. And I'm like, if you don't sit down and shut your mouth because – it doesn't matter whether somebody's teaching Torah up there or not, because that's not always the first step. We just like the live that we just had the other day. That gentleman that got in there, that man needed the law preached to him because he had so much grace that he thought he was floating above the freaking ground. So much so that he thought we didn't even need to talk about God or Jesus anymore. He wanted to talk about coffee and football. That's some of that left. That well, anyways. <laughs> So all this stuff that's going on over there, and yeah, I would kind of like to check it out or whatever. And depending on if it's still going on, who knows? It, it's I'll let the father lead that. But all these people, you know, if it's a legit repentance, it doesn't matter if they come to Torah on day one. They go, let's go back to the thief on the cross. That man, all he did was tell the other guy to shut his mouth because he was telling him that this is the Messiah and that. They deserve to die, and that man didn't. And he went away justified. He said, surely you'll be in paradise. Now, we know that that's not heaven. But <laughs> all these people that are sitting there during this revival right now, if they repent, they find God, and it is truly an awakening of their heart, and a spirit is put in them, the Holy Spirit is put in them, then they will come to Torah. They will. It's just a matter of time. And it doesn't have to be all these people on Facebook want to sit there and try to force stuff down somebody's throat. And it's like, that's not how it works. You're not the guy. I'm not the guy. None of us are the person. It's God. It is the Holy Spirit. And it is only through the Holy Spirit that any of us does anything. 
And these people get up there talking like they're the people that's going to change somebody. And it's like, you are nothing, literally. Without that same spirit that is supposed to convict the other person, you are nothing, period. You are still the same sinful individual, the wicked person that you are without the spirit. It is only by the rejuvenating hope of the Holy Spirit that you are anything, period. So for people to sit up there and talk all this crap about this revival, I'm sorry, I didn't realize they were so holy. That's the Pharisee spirit. You should make Preach. an excerpt of that, a TikTok, that would be good for a lot of people to hear just saying. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that's some good fire right there. I like that. Go ahead and clip Bye. that out and put it on the video. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I want to say Paradise is in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, right. Second of all, uh, you know I'm kidding with that. Second of all, oh, no. oh, yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of people trashing this revival thing. Now, you know, who we to say what? We're not there. I mean, we're just watching from social media or whatever. But, I mean, if these people got... I'm watching a lot of... Huh? I'm watching a lot of my house right now. It doesn't sound like yeah, it's bad said, to me. It sounds like a bunch of people rejoicing. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing like whatever they're doing, whether it's re like a real revival or not, you know, that, that's, you know, I don't, I'm not there, so I can't see. But, you know, I've seen some uh, lady getting a uh, demon casted out of her. And then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the people are praising and worshiping the Lord. And, you know, I, I think it's all good because. You know, they're not there worshiping Satan. You know, it's not a Satan right. revival. You know what I mean? So all these people are like, you know, like trashing it. I'm like, you know, even that guy, Ron, that we watch, he's saying that it's a fake revival. I'm like, I'm saying to myself, who are you to say it's fake or not? You know, he's not even there. So it's like I know life. if I was a couple of hours away only, I'd be in my car tomorrow morning on my way there. Look, if I had money right now to go, I'd be on my way already. And if How I was two hours away and could get in my car and go and I needed like some money, I would maybe like reach out to some people to like send me some. I've already <laughs> told somebody like that would send them some if they would just go. It's funny if you said that. Maybe it's just the father <laughs> kind of telling him. Because we didn't even talk about this. All right. Nope. Send it to me. Uh, my cash app is. No. <laughs> Kentucky's like somebody's, 12 hours. Somebody's two hours away right now, you know. Anyways. Yep. Somebody How else is lucky that I was peeing and muted. <laughs> Yo. Hey, um, I just, can I just add, since we're on a tangent, also two nights Last ago tangent. in front of the White House, a large group of people got together and they were all singing. It was a very large group. They were singing the Lord's Prayer in front of the White House at night with candles. I'm just saying. I bet you Joe Biden was shaking in his skin because of it too. I'm just kidding. I might have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, he doesn't wear his skin around the White House. He goes full lizard person. Yeah, He's not, not at the White House. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Back to the Bible study now. Huge oh. tangent. <clears throat> We're I'll on mute myself. The second Kings of 23, 1 through 20. Um, just a caveat. If you haven't read second Kings 22, that's one of my favorite passages in, in the book of Kings. 
so I recommend that. But this picks up from Josiah. It says, so the king sent messengers and they gathered all the elders of Jerusalem and Judah to him. Then the king went to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as well as all the priests and the prophets, all the people from the youngest to the oldest. As they listened, he read all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. That's the book of the law. Next, the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his statutes with all his mind and with all his heart, and to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in the book, and all the people agreed to the covenant. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priest of the second rank, and the doorkeepers to bring out the Lord's temple, or bring out of the Lord's temple, all the articles made for Baal, Asherah, and the whole heavenly host. He burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then they, then he did away with the idolatrous priests the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense at the high places in the cities of Judah and in the areas surrounding Jerusalem. They had burned incense to Baal and to the sun, moon, constellations, and the whole heavenly host. He brought out the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem. He burned it at the Kidron Valley, beat it to dust, and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He also tore down the houses of the male cult prostitutes that were in the Lord's temple, in which the women were weaving tapestries for Asherah. Then Josiah brought all the, all the priests from the cities of Judah, and he defiled the high places from Gibah to Beersheba, where the priests had burned incense. He tore down the high places of the gates at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, on the left at the city gate. The priests of the high places, however, did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem. Instead, they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. He defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of Hinnom, so that no one could make his son or daughter pass through the fire to Molech. He did away with the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They had been at the entrance of the Lord's temple in the precincts by the chambers of Nathan Malek, <laughs> the Lord or the court official, and he burned up the chariots of the sun. The king tore down the altars that were on the roof, Ahaz's upper chamber, that the kings of Judah had made, and the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courtyards of the Lord's temple. Then he smashed them there and threw their dust into the Kidron Valley. The king also defiled the high places that were across from Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Destruction, which King Solomon of Israel had built for Ashtaroth, the detestable idol of the Sidonians, for Chemosh, uh, the, the detestable idol of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. He broke the sacred pillars into pieces, cut down the Asherah poles, then filled their places with human bones. He even tore down the altar at Bethel and the high place that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin, had made. Then he burned the high place, crushed it to dust, and burned the Asherah. As Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mountain. He sent someone to take the bones out of the tombs, and he burned them on the altar. He defiled it according to the word of the Lord proclaimed by the man of God who proclaimed these things. 
Then he said, what is this monument I see? The men of the city told him, it is the tomb of the man of God who come, who came from Judah and proclaimed these things that you have done to the altar at Bethel. So he said, let him rest. Don't let anyone disturb his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. Josiah also removed all the shrines of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord. Josiah did the same things to them that he had done at Bethel. He slaughtered on all the altars the priests of the high places who were there, and he burned human bones on the altars. Then he returned to Jerusalem. He went on a rampage. He destroyed all the shrines, <laughs> eh? He destroyed everything man i mean he did he went ham i mean like he destroyed the shrines yeah we have shrines around here today we do i guess we know what time it is oh my gosh there's shriners right down the road (laughs) we're not going off on another tangent i'm just saying bro (laughs) they can get it All of it's going to be torn down eventually, anyways. Look, the father was like, "Hey, Micah, um, go destroy everything. The high places you have." No, my yeah, that's that would, it's that it's would be different. Like, I'm, that would be different. I'm I'm 150 percent there. Like I'm, what we're going? One thousand. I'm with you. Man. I'm with you. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Zechariah 13. <laughs> 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 Dang. He said, we're going to read one through three. Which actually, yeah, kind of comes along with what we just read. It says, <clears throat> On that day, a fountain will be opened for the house of David and for the residents of Jerusalem to wash away sin and impurity. On that day, this is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. I will erase the names of the idols from the land and they will no longer be remembered. I will remove the prophets and the unclean spirit, excuse me, spirit from the land. If a man still prophesies, his father and his mother who bore him will say to him, you cannot remain alive because you have spoken falsely in the name of Yahweh. When he prophesies, his father and his mother who bore him will pierce him through. <laughs> My gosh. What what uh book and chapter and verse is that? Zechariah 13, 1 through 3. 13, okay. Yeah, just keep on going through that. Into all the prophetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Zechariah's got a lot of prophecy in it, so. Well, he is a prophet. Especially 13, 14. Especially 13 and 14. I mean, aren't they all prophets, though? Yeah. What's the next one there, buddy? 
we're going on a tangent. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead, Job. I'm going to leave all the apocryphal stuff up for anybody that wants to come back and read it later, but now we're going to go to Job. And then Mark. Yep. Job chapter 33, kind of like the Shriners, huh? Oh my God! Let's not. Okay, twenty-five to thirty. Wait a minute. Did you want to talk about the Shriners? I can talk about them. (laughs) 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 It's Job thirty-three because you know thirty-three. Job thirty-three. Then his flesh will be healthy. The daughters of Job. That's part of the Shriners in Eastern Star. Oh, then his flesh will be healthier. <laughs> Job 33, what? Verse 25. You guys say it too fast, man. <laughs> Sorry, Slow down. Slow down. Job 33:25. Then his flesh will be healthier than his youth. And he will return to the days of his youthful vigor. He will pray to God, and God will delight in him. That man will see his face with a shout of joy, and God will restore his righteousness to him. He will look at men and say, I have sinned and perverted what was right, yet I did not get what I deserved. He redeemed my soul from going down to the pit, and I will continue to see the light. God certainly does all these things two or three times to a man, in order to turn him back from the pit so he may shine with the light of life. The light of life, eh? I'm waiting for my joy to come back. So we got Shriners 33 and the light of life. Now we're going to Mark. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is fun. Mark 9, 1 through 10. Go. It says, then he said to them, I assure you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what he should say, since they were terrified. A cloud appeared overshadowing them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Then suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus alone. 
As they were coming down from the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this word to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. <laughs> and yes, I know I said Jesus and not Yeshua. So what does that mean? Uh, he says there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. What does that mean? Like, Doesn't that mean that they'll live through the tribulation and go right into the kingdom? <laughs> no. He was talking no. to Caiaphas. He was what? He was talking to Caiaphas. I mean, not Kai. Um, hold on. Sorry, I got preoccupied. Give me that verse again. Hold on. It's nine one. Mark nine one. Mhm. All right, hold on. Um. Yeah, why would someone taste death? When they see the kingdom of God, that's why I'm a little confused. Shouldn't we taste life when we see the kingdom of God? No, he said you won't taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Right. So I'm asking, that kind of don't make sense. It's like, you're not going to taste death You'll only until you see the kingdom of God. Shouldn't it be the opposite? That will taste life when we see the kingdom of God. Like I don't, I don't understand what that means. Maybe it's talking about the judgment um, that some of them will see the second death and some won't. Yes. Is well. That's what my thoughts are on. I'm not sure if it's correct. I think my immediate thought was that they're not going to taste death until um, like Jesus gets authority until he comes into the kingdom. Well, when the kingdom comes, when it comes down. Well, I was going to say, I'll tell you why I say that. Um, Because the other, I think there's two. Not three. There are other two passages. One of them is in uh, Matthew 16, 28. It says, I assure you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Uh, go ahead with what you're saying. Though. No, go ahead. I got, I got to look up some. Yeah, that might be that might be judgment. I think. I, I, I definitely think judgment is a part of it, but. Yeah, because. I guess, you know, they're alive and well, but when the kingdom of God comes and they're not following him. You know, they don't they have they don't have faith. They don't care. I don't believe in God. Then they're going to then they're going to be hit with with death with, you know, because uh, in the word it calls it perishing. Right. So 
So when the kingdom comes, isn't there the thousand-year millennial reign before yeah. the final judgment? Yes. Okay. That's why I said I always understood it to mean that because there's going to be like people who are assigned to doing the cleanup of the earth, that there would be people that live right through into the kingdom. Oh, the old eschatology talk, eh? Uh oh. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? Um, <laughs> it says here in, in uh, Luke 21 27, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with great, with, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So I think, I mean, when the kingdom's coming, like some of them won't taste death. There's another verse I'm trying to figure out what that verse is. Um, um, I can't remember. That happens when you get older. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> grounded. Mary Grounded. Right. Miss Bacon. Uh, Daniel said. 13 um says one second yeah i can't ground him he came over here yesterday and cleaned my kitchen without me asking so wow he hasn't cleaned mine grounded i saw in the night vision brownie points and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came with the ancient of days that brought him near before him and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom that which will not be destroyed. So the ones that are tasting death is definitely the wicked. Yeah, right, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, this judgment is wicked because... Because the dead in Christ rise first. They're not tasting death. And then those who remain alive will be caught up in the air together with him. And thus they will forever be with the Lord. So they're not tasting death. They're getting immortality. The ones that are tasting death are the wicked. So you say you say caught up with him. Now, so there's some more confusion there. So. If the kingdom of heaven is supposed to come down and we're not supposed to go to heaven, right? Then how we how how do we get caught up with him? And like, uh, where are we going if we're getting caught up with him when the kingdom is supposed to come down? It's like it's just a uh, it's just figurative language. Like when this is like a like when uh, Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho, they blew their shofars. They went up into the city. You know, it's just elevated. It's just, it's the, it's the mountain. It's a mountain that's above all mountains of the earth. You know, every hill, every hill will be, every valley will be made low or every mountain will be made low. Every valley will be raised up and 
you're gonna and then the kingdom you got the kingdom when we have our perfect spiritual our our new bodies not everybody there's that's that would be in the first resurrection some people i have an idea right yeah that we're getting called up that we're getting called up into the sky as basically going into new jerusalem as it's coming down yeah i think so it's taking place I believe that because the angels are the reapers and they come gather and put them in the barn. Just like, yeah, uh, they put this up in there and it's like the Passover. It's their recovered by the blood of Messiah. We're brought into the marriage supper of the lamb. Right. Well, we aren't they supposed to scorch the, world. the earth too? Huh? Yeah, scorch that think, land as it's coming down. That's why I think we're going the in. Earth. We can't be here and survive that. No, they're going to scorch they're scorching that land. They're going to burn the land where the kingdom's going to set down. Oh. Clean it up. They're going to cleanse then, it. That's why I think we're going into the actual. See, this is like this is all like just my thoughts. But I think we're going into the kingdom as we're coming down. World's being, I mean, the, the area is being burned up for the kingdom. They're having that war, and we're having the marriage supper the lamb, or whoever it is. Here's a good one. It says, um, this is Isaiah 26 19. It says, Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of her herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, thy people, enter into thy chambers and shut the, thy doors about thee and hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth shall also, shall also, the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So he's coming down to punish. And he's telling, he's like, come, my people, into, enter into thy chambers. You know, when Jesus said, for I go to prepare a place for you, my father's house, there are many mansions. You know. And they're going in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it's funny because it says there was, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And. That means there I, were no women there. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that was so edited worthy. <laughs> so but, what about Acts fourteen twenty two? Acts fourteen twenty two. Oh, we got here. <laughs> Confirming the souls of, of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom. Yeah, we're going to go through t- tribulation. Yeah, That's why I'm saying gonna... that that couples just... with, I mean, living through it and going to the kingdom. Some people. Yeah, but some people are going to die because the devil comes down with great wrath and goes and makes war with the saints and overcomes them but not all of them he overcomes most of them you know and it says that the righteous are not appointed to wrath we go through tribulation but we don't go through the wrath yeah we go through tribulation we're not going through god the lord's indignation he pours out his he punishes the earth for for the 
iniquity, which is what we just read in Isaiah 26. They go into their rooms, their chambers, and they hide in the kingdom while he takes care of business. I still believe that the two witnesses is the two groups of people. We'll we'll get into that later. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. Zip. Hey, let me let me finish this off. We got two more two more passages, and then oh, look at that cute little baby. <laughs> okay, I'll let you just this, Dustin. We have <laughs> Mark fourteen three through nine and John one eighteen, and then we're done. <clears throat> All right. It says while he was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who had a serious wait, wait. Inf- way reading. Matthew 14, 3 through 9. Slow down, bro. Mark 14, 3 through 9. Mark 14, see? Get it right, get it right. Mark 14, what? 3 through 9. Go slow. Not that slow. Are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'll say you never said you're ready. I'm over here thinking like, man, you really suck at Bible drills. <laughs> but you go too fast. Like, like, like slow right. down, bro. I'm from Brooklyn, man. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm talking faster. I figured out all the people in here, you'd be able to catch it. No, no, no. Not with that twang. <laughs> All right. (laughs) While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who had a serious skin disease, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? For this oil might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they begin to scold her. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you. You can do what is good for them whenever you want. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. I assure you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. And as I say every time, here we are talking about it. 